episode of the drew and few show i am fusomania from cincinnati ohio and i am drew pierce from long beach california thank you everybody for tuning in yes thank you? you for tuning in i am good i am good uh been kind of a whirlwind of a week with everything going on with the bar and podcasts and reds games and all that kind of stuff you were just in town and and you've we're here you're in lexington you're in milwaukee now you're back home and you know it's just been a lot uh, the party don't stop until i walk in as kesha All said right. you know basically that's my life yeah shit <laughs> is whack and i'm ready for uh kesha to take over and you know make it better again um, i never thought i would hear kesha quoted <laughs> ever in my life guess now that that's over and uh, we can <laughs> We can move along. Um, you know what? Speaking of Kesha, uh, I've heard she enjoys beards. And, uh, you know, speaking of beards, I've heard that if you use the promo code DAFS at BriggsBeardCompany.com, you can get 20% off your order. It'll save you 20% off your order, that promo code DAFS. So if you're in the market for some beard product, make sure you check out BriggsBeardCompany.com. Use promo code DAFS. Get you 20% off. Also... If you what are you waiting for? You can use the promo code Drew and Fuse Show. It'll get you 30% off your first month of activation at directmusicservice.com. If you're a DJ and you're in the market for a new DJ pool or you want to try something fresh, try something new, some new edits out, make sure you go over to directmusicservice.com and use the promo code Drew and Fuse Show. Get 30% off your first month of activation. We have a new sponsor. When I say new, we have these lights. Drew, you want to tell us a little bit about these lights? We had Rick Webb on the podcast here recently, and he, you know, one is the man. He's crushing it. If you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to that episode. But these lights are, I just got a whole bag of these. And let me tell you, I'm really, really hyped on these. Uh, we are now have a Drew and Fuse show affiliate code for both Lighting USA. I mean, this light right here, I'm going to be out. I'm going to be testing it, but you can see them in the background. They're going to be lighting up my studio. This is the new kind of Ape Lab, Ape Lab knockoff, and it's bright. The menu on it is incredible. I I just can't speak enough about how high I am on these. Oh, they're dude, so tiny. I'm going to have to post a picture, but I have uh, the Chauvet light, and I have four, four of them stacked to one of the Chave lights and this this is going to probably be taking over my entire lighting collection i'm going to be buying a, a whole collection of them um but drew fuse show is now a direct affiliate you can go on yes. there you can help the show out you can click the link that we're going to be providing and help the show out yeah so if you click the link below in the description if you are interested in uplighting um there's a couple things one 
If you buy 16 or more, there's a discount that gets applied if you buy them. Um, it doesn't help you out, but it does help the show out. But I will say these are very reasonably priced for what they are. And also you can buy eight. And a set of eight comes with a charging case. So um, if you want the the ease of using the charging case, if you buy a set of eight, you can get the option of it coming with a charging case. Or if you don't want the charging case, you can buy four. They come in black and white, so you can pick whatever color you know suits your needs the best, which is awesome. Just to be clear, this is not the only light they have. This is uh, they have a uh, moving heads. They have sparks. There's a whole thing. So it's the what you're gonna do is you're gonna type in to your web browser both lighting usa.com slash d-a-f-s slash dafs and that's going to get you basically onto our affiliate code and this is what's going to help you help the show out and then uh once you click on that link and you do that it gives you 30 days to buy something so hey we appreciate it we're we're just trying to keep getting super high quality segment videos for you guys and you know those aren't free so so make sure you click the link below in the description if you're interested in some uplighting they are very reasonably priced for what they are like i said if you buy 16 or more it does uh discount you do get a discount on the bulk sales and like i said you can buy them in black or white also if you guys haven't make sure you're, you you check out the the club cannon link below it'll get you 25 dollars off a purchase of 250 dollars or more uh, we love club cannon products we both use them at our gigs all the time uh, if you want to turn your party up to an 11 make sure you go over to club cannon and use that link in the description below also one last thing we have this YOLO line. We we love when people call in. It's 562-246-YOLO. Um, if you guys haven't left us a voicemail yet, make sure you do that. We do have some voicemails today. I'm going to air. Uh, let's just get right into it. I'm going to air them. Here we go. Hey, gosh, is this the Drew Fuse YOLO line? Like, you only live once line? This is Rob Ferrey. You guys, I just saw Drew Pierce in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It was amazing. He liked DJed and stuff, and he had like music videos. But if anything, the highlight of what I saw Drew do was play um, uh, DuckTales. It was amazing. You only live once, folks. So if you're going to live once, you're going to play DuckTales in front of a bunch of DJs. Do it. Be bold like Drew Pierce. Also, I saw this guy. His name's even Steve. He's even better in person. And he's stevier as well. You know he's got, like, long hair and a beard? Like, he's, like, cool-looking. Like, I can't go long hair and beards either. You guys, Drew and Future is the best. Also, shout-out to my boy Phrase. Phrase, like, uh, he made a song for me. It's called Hip Hop Foray. It's going to be a number one track. I use it as my walk-up song. Here's to you, Phrase. Oh, and uh, Fuse, I'm going to be in Ohio. Uh, do you want to join me at Kings Island on Saturday? That sounds like a lot of fun. Drew and Future forever. YOLO. What is up, Drew and Fuse? It's the one and only DJ Demand. DJ Demand. And uh, yeah, it's been a while, man. I just wanted to check in, see who, how you guys are doing. Um, I, I got a quick question for you, but oh, hold on, I'm getting call waiting. Just hold on one second. You know, I'm gonna have to take this. I'll call you guys back. Hey guys, it's Demand again. Sorry about that. It was uh, somebody calling about my solar panels. I just wanted to hear them out, see what they had to say. Um, anyway, yeah, so I have a question. I loved 
uh, the latest uh, episode with Eric Rhodes. One of these days, you're going to have to explain to me what this new TikTok thing is all about. But um, I love you guys had to say, especially you guys are always talking about the travel. Um, I know that's a big part of the show and a big part of his life and everything. I love the tips and all that. But I have a question for you. So, like, we can all agree, like, all of us, you know, you, Drew, you, Fuse, that, you know, people that plan destination weddings are a pain in the ass, right? So uh, my question to you would be, let's just say, I don't know, we'll use, like, the Florida Keys, for example. Let's say you're planning a wedding at the Florida Keys. Like, how much should I charge this, you know, annoying, difficult client uh, to do their wedding? Like, should I double the charge? Should I triple it? Should I charge four times? Uh, this is really directed towards you. I'm curious what you have to say. Um, just randomly picking one, you guys. But let me know what you guys think because um, I got this client, you know, I really just, you know, I want to make as much money as possible off of them. So, uh, yeah, could use some advice. Thanks a lot, guys. Looking forward to your answer. Talk to you soon. Well, <laughs> those are the uh, YOLO line calls. And uh, to answer the first one, Rob Frey, we appreciate you so much. Um, I am so happy you're going to be in Cincinnati. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to go to the Kings Island with you. But uh, if you didn't notice, I did have pictures of the Brady Bunch enjoying Kings Island when you talked about Kings Island. Uh, so if anybody <laughs> is listening and wants to see pictures of the Brady Bunch at Kings Island, you can go watch the the show on YouTube and see that. And then we have DJ Demand talking about destination weddings. And uh, it's crazy that he asked that question because I'm having a destination wedding in the Keys of all places. To answer, you know, his question about what he should charge, if it was me, I'd do it for free. Yeah, I think so. Free. <laughs> that that being said, to add on to demand doing it for free, because that's awfully generous of him, we are throwing out into the ether because it's early enough, is we need somebody with a production company that has speakers that yeah. is willing to work for uh, a Drew Infused show shirt, maybe? Is that good? <laughs> anything. Anything that we, we need. Uh, if somebody out there listening knows anybody in Key West, I'm getting married in Key West, looking to have Demand DJ the wedding. This is kind of putting him on the spot. Now, if he doesn't, all the listeners are going to be super sad. We need a gear rental down there. And nobody really knows of anybody in our circle right now. And I'm sure there is somebody. Um, we just haven't found that somebody yet. So um, if you guys know anybody that's renting gear in Key West, uh, please let Drew or myself know. I'll extend it. If you're a fan of the show and you want to drive down from Florida, set up the gear for the all-star DJ demand, then, you know, that might be on the platter. So... We will tell you if you are interested and you want to uh, get a free shirt, then we're, we're, we're looking for you. So help us out and we'll help you out. Uh, we're going to jump right into it today. We got a great guest for you guys. He's held many residencies around the United States and played at notable clubs such as Excess, Hyde, Intrigue, Tau, One Oak, Live, Dare, and many, many more. He's got his own podcast that he's been hosting since 2018. It's called the My Favorite DJ Podcast. He was a part of the production duo Discotech and its newer rendition with Joe Maz. Uh, he's forming his own DJ agency and still DJing all over. Please help us welcome DJ Conflict. Wow, that was fast. Hey, guys. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> We're just jumping right into it today, so we don't want to waste any time for you or... Uh, you know, we know you're busy and we appreciate you taking the time to be here with us. Thank you for having me on. 
Uh, how has life been for you? It seems like, you know, post pandemic, you've kind of changed things up a little bit. I've noticed that you're, you're staying more local, not completely local, but you're doing a lot more stuff around the Miami area, Florida area versus before when you were traveling a lot. Yeah, actually, uh, pre pandemic, I had almost every weekend, if not every weekend on the road, and I was flying to multiple cities, Friday and Saturday, sometimes weekdays as well. What I realized after doing that for maybe three or four years on a consistent basis was that I had kind of hit a ceiling uh, in regards to energy expenditure and income uh, coming in. So I wanted to get off the road. Also, I had my daughter six years old now. uh, And at the time when I wanted to get off the road, she was maybe like two, three. And I I never wanted to have a battle with her about why are you leaving town again? And add to the fact that I have a realistic view of what it is to travel to be a traveling dj and i know that it doesn't last forever for anyone unless you're fashion i guess uh because he's still going uh but um you know it's not it's not something that i i see as a possibility for people as they you know get older so i wanted to get off the road but i never had an opportunity because the money just kept coming the gigs kept coming everything kept happening and then COVID hit and then it was like everything's off and so that gave me the window to be able to stop everything i switched my uh, away from the management company or the, the booking agency i was on and i i focused more on a local set of gigs and a local trajectory more so than the the out-of-town stuff and uh which is what i wanted to do for a while but i didn't have that window until COVID actually hit so professionally it was uh it was a, a great benefit and although i'm making a lot less money i have a lot more time at home and the the value exchange is is optimal for me in that sector. Well, they say time is money, right? I mean, I, I've been on the road for, I actually did the opposite of you. I was, I was staying at home and then COVID hit and California basically where we were unable to work. So then I had to start traveling to go to States that were open. Um, you're in Florida. So you were able to just stay home, right? And all your guys' clubs were thriving, which is amazing. That's, that was the huge benefit, I think, to be able to be in a state that you know allowed you to be home. Yeah, I was lucky, lucky to be in the in Florida, and uh, it wasn't it wasn't all like oh hey everything's still open. No, no, there was a there was a time where things were closed, uh, but we yeah. opened faster I think than everyone else. And uh, what Florida did is they basically said if you don't want to get sick, don't go out. Yeah. I'm glad that's kind of all behind us now, but it seems like, you know, you're still working a lot and, you know, you're playing a lot of quality gigs and then you're still taking some out of town stuff. And what's your kind of thought process with just the out of town gigs you are taking? Are you just taking the ones that are willing to throw you the amount of money you want? Or is it just more based on relationships and, you know, gigs you like doing? So it's a little, it's a mixture of all, all of those factors. The first thing that I started to do, because calls did start coming uh, during the pandemic when everything was down. Uh, and uh, the first thing I did was just say, hey, look, I like my life as it is now. I'm waking up early. I'm cooking breakfast. I'm washing dishes. I am doing daddy daycare. Like, this is great. Uh, I'm a morning <laughs> person and I never knew it. Every, you know, every day of my 20s, I was waking up at noon or two o'clock. And I didn't realize that if I go to sleep at 9, 30, 10 o'clock, I can wake up at seven and have a full day. And that was amazing. So the call started coming in and I thought to myself, all right, so what's going to be my line here? And the line was, if it's a relationship that I enjoy and somebody that I want to work with, I'll accept uh, a fair market rate. If it's something that I wanted 
do, I'll accept the fair market rate. If it's something that's kind of a burden, then I, I need there to be an incentive that goes beyond, uh, oh, I like to work. It has to be monetary compensation. So one of the things that I did bake into some of my agreements were that uh, I have to play both Friday and Saturday if it's a longer trip. So if, if I'm going to go play Boston, which is about a three-hour flight from Miami, I'll do one day. But if I have to fly for more time than that, then I need both Friday and Saturday to leave. Uh, and that way I get paid for both days, both weekend days, and it makes the travel worth it. So there's that. And then a relationship like specifically Boston is somebody, uh, there's a, a dude there named Joe who is awesome. And whatever he needs of me, he's like, hey, I need this, I need that. I have this day open. Can you please help me with this? And to the best of my ability, I'll do that because of the relationship. That makes sense because I noticed you were doing, uh, I think the spot's called Junction where you were there uh, Friday and Saturday. So that kind of makes sense now as to why you're doing both nights there. I specifically asked for it. I said, hey, man, like for me to get to Lincoln, Nebraska, which is really dope. And like they party and they get down and it's a great venue. And the, the guy that's there, his name's Ben uh, and the owner's Chris. And they're awesome, really awesome people. You know, we can have a phone call and hang out on the phone for a while. We don't have to be in person, but you know, there's there's something there where they're like, "Hey, we want the best DJs from around the country. You're one of the guys. You're one of our guys. Like, come over." And I'm like, "Look, can we do a Friday and Saturday?" So I did incentivize, and I said, "Look, we'll do a Miami Invades," and and I did create like a little PDF, like a uh, a pitch deck, where I said, "Look, we'll get these kind of glasses and inflatable flamingos, and we'll have uh, lifeguard gear and sh inflatable sharks hanging from the roof." something to incentivize because I'm not just going to say book me both Friday and Saturday because if not, I'm not going like that's kind of rude. So I did add a little <laughs> bit of sauce to the to the plate to for them to be able to bite on that kind of thing. Yeah, right. And how many nights uh, when you're staying local, how many nights a week are you doing right now? I mostly work just Friday and Saturday now, just Friday and Saturday. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's so post pandemic. Nice. That's <laughs> yeah, pretty much what I'm doing as well. The occasional third day here and there but that's pretty much it and it's it's been great um i want to run this uh segment video drew and i have these really really high quality segment videos i don't know if you're familiar <laughs> with them so yeah, your intro is amazing <laughs> thank you thanks <laughs> thank you so much the, well uh... these are not that but these are super high quality so <laughs> so i'm gonna run this video real quick and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit about music the hills are alive with the sound of music with songs they have sung for a thousand years the hills fill my heart with the sound of music the mountains look like boobies my heart wants to sing every song it hears the mountains look like boobies. All right, there's Arnold <laughs> singing the song "Sounds of Music," and uh, we're going to talk a little bit looks, about music here. It looks so real and just like creepy at the same time. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite remixer or producer? And that doesn't have to stick with the DJ world. Yeah, I like uh, Joe Maz. Probably my favorite. Yeah, shout out Joe Oz. Champagne. She does the um the double time jersey stuff. She's had some pretty good ones. And I think there's a dude named T Mark or Mark T. I'd have to look it up on my Serato. Hold on. T Mark. Yeah. 
super super great remixes there too but i would say uh, joe would be in first place and the other two are in second place now are the All other right, yeah. guys uh patreon based or are they on a pool Jan I, I get their stuff on pools okay yeah let's make sure to look out for it i play a ton of joe's stuff been in and out of his patreon recently always making good quality stuff for sure if you had a theme song that followed you everywhere everywhere you went supermarket into the gym and it played every time you walked <laughs> through the door what would it be well i would definitely wouldn't want it to be super annoying because if everyone has to listen to it all the fucking time oh can i curse <laughs> yeah 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 oh that's the way man just checking if everyone had to listen to it all the time uh i wouldn't want it to be super annoying i think i like james bond because it's got that bass at the beginning. Wow. It's like tame, but if it needs to get crazy, it goes into the big, or you know, the orchestra section. Yeah, perfect. I have a little spoiler. If uh, you guys watched uh, the latest James Bond, did you did you watch the newest one? The, the last time he's playing the, uh, James Bond, the, the guy? Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Yes. At the very intro, the intro always plays where he shoots whoever is like down the barrel. Well, it flips on that last one right, where right. it goes red instead. So it's kind of like that foreshadowing that, uh, you know, spoiler alert, he dies. <laughs> Pretty cool. Well, I thought it was a cool little it. foreshadow. Well, I love movies. So I just thought I, I found that out after the fact. So I thought it was like a cool little movie thing, you know? I've never even watched, I think any of the latest james bonds like pierce brosnan and up i don't think i've watched any mm. of them so oh dude J daniel craig's awesome man you have a favorite daniel bond conflict <laughs> you know as you asked that question all i thought about was sean connery talking to barbara walters where she asks him about hitting women you guys ever see that clip? <laughs> no. I, I, no, I've not seen it either. So James Bond was played by Sean Connery. At some point in his career, this guy goes, uh, you know, sometimes when a woman's talking too much, you just have to give her one time. And uh, that settles them. And so Barbara Walters is interviewing Sean Connery, who's now deceased. And she goes, do you remember the time where you said that sometimes a woman can just take one and then she quiets down? And like like a gotcha question, right? He's gonna be like, "Oh yeah. well, you know what I meant." He goes, "Yes, I remember, and I stand by it." And she goes, "Really?" <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I have That's to look that up, dude. That popped in my head when you when you asked me who my favorite James Bond was, so I don't know how to answer that question. <laughs> you do a pretty good Sean Connery there too. Oh, thank you. I've been practicing just for this show. I figured as much. <laughs> <laughs> we need to i wish we could add the sean connery in i don't remember which what he was for but we had a good sean connery segment too yeah kind of like the arnold one but uh all right so what is a go-to i know it's situational but uh you can name a couple uh if if the dance floor is clearing and you want to play a song that brings them back what is something that's a go -to? Nah, buddy if the dance floor is clearing there's got to be a real big reason for that the first thing I do is get on the microphone and be like, what the fuck is going on out there? What are you guys doing? Uh, Somebody farted. Uh, if, they, yeah. if the dance floor is clearing, I know exactly what's happening. It's probably and it's situational entirely because if I'm playing too much hip hop in the hip hop coach dance floor, then I got to switch up the, you know, it would be like, all right, let's play some EDM or something else or whatever the, the situation might call for. If I'm playing too much house music and uh, the dance floor starts to, you know, clearing is so extreme. I don't think, I've ever had that happen 
with the exception of the only thing I can think of that comes close is a spot in Sacramento uh, that is like an upstairs. I think it's called Mix, Mix Downtown, and it's upstairs. It's a deck, and it's like open air. It's a really dope spot, and they dance and they like to party. But if you play a song that they don't like or something whack happens, they all kind of just slow down or just like start moving towards the bar. They let you know immediately wow. that you like messed up. Wow. Uh, and I love that. I think that's a fantastic yeah. real-time metric of how well you're doing. And I realized maybe I played something. I don't know what it was, man. Maybe I had a thing just as an example, and I don't think this is it exactly, but it might. I might have had like a springboard, like a Justin Bieber record that goes into something more gangster because I like like dichotomy of things. Like I like playing like something that might be really, uh, for example, Beyonce's Irreplaceable where she comes in to the left, to the left, everything you own on a box to the left, right? That that piece of that song, when that when um, Migos came out with uh, Fight Night, at the beginning, he's like, uh, you know, broke, stand to the left, uh, that, that little piece. I would mm -hmm. do a little wordplay with him. And whenever I played that Beyonce record, people would like look up and go, what are you doing? Like, we're trying to have fun. It's a party. Like, we don't want to hear this sad song, whatever. But then the other one comes in and it's like, oh, we get it. So I might have tried something at this spot, mixed downtown, with like a Justin Bieber record jumping into something else, and everyone was just like, er, "Like record stop, we don't care for this, don't do that." Uh, that's as close as it's gotten. So long-winded. I guess all my answers are long-winded. Sorry, but the situational. Yeah. No, keep them coming, and I, I, I almost feel like for anybody that's been on IG and you've seen that, you know, the swag surfing and the guys playing uh, the Beach Boys. And the whole crowd is just like so sad. And then uh, he puts on swag surfing and, and you know, you just see the whole place come rushing and going in. No, that's what it instantly reminds me of. That's your style. And I'm wondering if you, oh, throughout the the, the course of the event, just they, they catch on. Does that make sense? I don't think they do because the swerves are swerves. And if they catch on, then they're not swerves. Well, do they catch on that that's your style and then that something cool is going to happen afterwards? I mean, I'm not talking about just that venue. I'm talking about mm. like any venue or just in general. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, I, I would say that that's a piece of my style. and It's not definitely they're, – they're not all like I'm setting up something with something else and setting up something with something else. But I don't think so because I think that the, the initial reaction when you're in a kind of a, a nightclub environment, when your senses are overloaded, it's kind of visceral. You're dancing, you're sweating, you're drinking, you're partying, you're having a good time. Your, your brain doesn't have a moment to process and say, well, he's been doing this kind of thing all night. Let's see. Let's give this a chance. You know, why is he playing Mariah Carey All I Want for Christmas in July? Like, you know, like, no, they just immediately go to boo. What is going on? We don't like this. Right. I, I don't right. think there's that. Yeah. I, I remember one time I was hanging out with my brother at a, a mega club and this was earlier in my career and I had just gotten off and I was like, oh, this DJ is really good. And he's like, I haven't heard one song he's played yet, but that girl's really hot. And I'm like, that <laughs> helps me so much in my career moving forward because I'm like, I'm going to stop overthinking too much of this stuff. Right. It's like get those really impactful moments and, you know, have the rest like speak for itself. So circling back around on that, what are, what are a few songs that you like to play that are like uh, something that you might play frequently all the time? All the time. I like Say Ah by uh, Trey Songs. It's a good little springboard. I have like an acapella out. It's a good mid-tempo record and like 94 BPM. So if I'm coming from lower BPMs or if I'm coming from like higher uh, top, uh, top of the 90s, 
I can use it as kind of a springboard with an acapella outro to go into reggae or dance hall or, you know, some sort of a different drum pattern. So it's not too much of a shock to the system. That's a record. I, I, I won't play it every night, but it's a record that I'll use for that. What else? Uh, the motto with Lil Wayne and uh, Drake. I play a lot. I've been playing a lot of the Bruno Mars. The uh, That's what I like. Is that, is that the right oh, yeah. the right title? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. But, you know, I um I cycle through things. I think I played like in the club by 50 Cent every time I DJed between like 2004 and 2013. And then I just stopped playing it one day. We've been talking to a bunch of DJs and uh, us as uh, me and Fuse, at least as producers, are like editors, if you will, for a, a site. We we aren't using stems to its fullest. And you you mentioned acapella outs. Are you moving f- more towards uh, stems and not re-editing some of these things and just having like a stem of it or would you still like re-edit it with the acapella out so i'm a huge fan of the stems you know i was critical of serato uh, dj when it first came out and i would complain about it us publicly because that it was a professional platform that i felt like should have been better there were so many bugs and and i doing this for a living as a professional dj i don't have time for the program that i used to be glitching out and bugging out and doing weird things so I was hypercritical of them, but I will be very positive when they do great things. And I think STEMS has been really, really great. The idea is fantastic. I don't think the technology is there for me to use it like all the time, specifically because the acapella still sounds like a DIY, a little bit muddy, probably a little bit less clear quality than if you were to do it yourself on a Ableton or Pro Tools. So eventually the iterations will get to the point where the technology is good enough and it's going to sound fantastic and computers are only getting faster. I have my, my M1 that I'm on right now and uh, this MacBook has been better than my 2015 Retina that was like the workhorse stable computer. Uh, so I like it. I use it a little bit and sometimes I'll get ideas on the fly and it's kind of clunky to be able to like, oh, I have to drop this into the thing because if I just hit the microphone and just go to acapella, it's not going to work properly. The music cuts out. It gets a little weird. So I know that it's the first iteration of, of the technology. They're only going to make it better. And I'm a big fan of it. I think that it adds a lot of ability. And what it does more so than uh, anything else is if I have an idea on the fly and I want to incorporate it, I don't have to wait to get home and maybe forget about what was I going to do with this acapella and this other song. It's like I can do it all there. And if it sounds good. Yeah. I make a memory uh, snapshot of it and then just keep doing that in the future. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I haven't been using the stems that much. One, I just like to play really, really clean. And I think sometimes the stems don't allow that. You know, it's just kind of like even getting into it and getting out. Like, I don't like the little bits and pieces of like, uh, like I missed this here and that there. And I, I just don't. Personally, I don't like that, so that's my reason for not being on stems, really. But I think it's cool as well. I think that it's going to be awesome in probably shorter amount of time than we think. Um, right. Are you guys are you guys just live dropping it in and then having it read it to where it does it? If you do use it at all, I, I haven't used it at all, so I, I guess I'm kind of asking naively if I wanted to. Do I drop it into the the stems cool. folder and then it's able to split it up and then then I could use it? It's like uh, you got to I do like two or three fail safe checks because, again, this is like when I'm working, I'm working and I want to make sure that everything sounds clean and neat, like uh, Fuse mentioned. So what I'll do is I will drop it into the little stems bar uh, where the, the library is at and then I will test the microphone real quick. But I'll like also sonically be monitoring 
for like a natural break in the song so it doesn't sound like the music cut off if I hit the microphone and it's not ready. So I'll give it maybe like 10, 15 seconds and then I'll hit the microphone and see if I can get an acapella straight up. And if I can, then I know it's ready to go and then I can implement the, the process I want to go uh, forthwith. Mm. Makes sense. One of the questions that I wanted to talk about a little bit is just, you know, when you're playing some of the same spots and you're you're coming back and, you know, like you mentioned, like a Boston or, or Junction, how, what is your process and, and keeping things fresh? Like, how do you do you like or do you feel that people don't remember? Like you can just kind of go in and wing it and do your thing or do you prep or how do you keep things fresh when you're playing the same spots over and over? So I don't think people remember the to answer that that specific question specific places sometimes we'll record or i'll record my set like i remember when i played at junction uh ben had set up a recorder and i saw it and i'm like oh we're recording tonight he's like yeah buddy i want to you know make sure that we got a record of this and show it to other djs to show them how to play the room i'm like okay so now i know i'm recorded now that was maybe a year ago i highly doubt that i'm gonna do the same thing i did back then just because music changes it's a two-hour set i Maybe I might do, for example, three or four moments where the, the song strings are the same, maybe two songs or three songs together that'll be the same as that time. But then there will be enough new music where it's like almost like a signature. It's like, oh, yeah, look, you, you did the thing you did last time. But, oh, you switched this up and you did that over there. And did There's enough new things in there to be able to, to move. And also the crowd kind of dictates where I go and what I do. So every night the crowd's different. And if I notice, for example, if somebody plays, the opener plays something in Boston and there's a Brazilian break and I see somebody, you know, a, a table getting hype and I notice that there might be Brazilian people, I'm like, oh, there's there's a section that I wouldn't have touched if I hadn't noticed that. So now I can go into the buy the funk stuff and play a couple of things, get them rowdy. And then I know what that section wants. I know what GA is going to do. And I know, you know, kind of how to navigate the rest of the night. So everything's dependent entirely on the variables that are presented on the night that I'm playing. Yeah. No, I think that's great. One of the things that we do is uh, a lot is uh, Serato Top 5, where we talk about the top, your most played songs in Serato. If you want to do it, cool. If not, cool. I have my Serato open. Can I... Does it show here? Yeah, yeah. You can if you go to the all folder and then Please. you, yeah, and you can sort by most played. Yeah, this is definitely weird, but I'll give you the top top ones here. Even if you know you, you know one's not right, it doesn't matter. Yeah, this you is definitely not it. right. Um, the first one is probably right, which I've been playing is a uh, Rich Flex with uh, Drake and Twenty One Savage. Okay. Yep. Uh, the next one is uh, Unholy <clears throat> with Sam Smith, uh, and then after that, it just the, these songs I haven't, I don't even play, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well skip skip maybe skip a little bit and see if there's something that uh, makes a little bit more so sense the, uh doja the uh the kodat remix oh uh, yeah okay that one's fantastic i love that remix that kodat did super talented uh remixer which i want to add to my list of remixers now that i think about it <laughs> all right uh, noted i have a uh, big energy by dj ps1 who's a buddy uh and uh the boy's a liar Pink oh, Pinterest. that's up there, huh? Okay, yeah. It's up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a t I feel like that's been a tough one for me. Like, I sometimes play it and people care, and then I play it and sometimes they don't care. I've been but struggling feel... how to set it up and, like, set it up and follow it. I'm just, like, I don't know. It's uh, bringing back happy hardcore. We keep talking about it. It's like that, the Magic Mountain theme. Of... <laughs> well, I haven't, I, I made an edit to that song, so I... I make edits of almost everything that I play. 
probably like 90% of my things. They're tailored specifically to my set. So I have a version of it here uh, that uh, what I did is I sped it up to uh, 140 from 130. And then oh. it's got like double time, double time drums. And I played it. And at first I was like, you know, when you when you first play something that I, I, I don't really listen to that song, I watch for reactions. And when I saw three or four girls singing along to the specific breaks in the song, I'm like, OK, it works. So that that was my indication. Most of my music is edited specifically to what I do. I'm the exact same way, and I know Fuse is the same way as well. It's and I cue point the the crap out of it and retag everything like way too much. Are you a big Smart Crate user too? No, I don't use Smart Crate. What's the benefit of a Smart Crate? I I think it's the most benefit from it is if you're somebody who really tags your your library very well like if um you use keywords on type words on a song because then you can use a, a smart crate to search like let's say you have uh everything's labeled correctly and like all your 80s music and you're gonna do an 80s party and you just set up a smart crate and you can search for all your 80s music or let's say you had a tag that just said like fire and anytime you like played songs that you thought were fire, you know, and you wanted to put those all in one crate, they would smart, you could pull them in there. Well, I, I do something similar to that. What I do is I just open up the comment in Serato and then I'll remember whatever that is. So like I, I recently started doing one that's called a Jersey Double. For example, if I type in Jersey Double, all the Jersey and double time songs that kind of are new and mat, uh, fit in there will come up. And as I'm playing them, I'll just like type into the comment. I'm like, oh, that's a double time. I got to type that in. So there's specific genres that I'll do, and then that's I build my, I guess, my own smart crates in that way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, that would be a similar way of using it, essentially. Yeah, tagging really well is really what adds to the smart crates. Where you can go absolutely crazy with it is you can say does not include or between these BPMs set, and it kind of curates it all to that. So if you wanted to get really curated with it, you can you could type all those like um those keywords and you know metadata of like year and bpms into it, and it, it narrows it down a little bit more cool like yeah. bass house versus you know <laughs> dance music it, or something like i don't know whatever i think know? if you just do the keywords it's really just as beneficial that's pretty the extent i'm really doing it um is the keywords and putting in a comments or i put it in genres so it's just as it's it's the move for sure. You've been doing your podcast now for a while. How often are you putting out episodes? Tell us a little bit about what you're doing with that. Well, I should be doing it weekly. Uh, sometimes I, I feel a little bit of resistance, uh, you know, and it's the uh, I'll do it later. And uh, a lot of other life stuff gets in the way. Uh, I really just make excuses for myself in my head and then just don't get it done, which is a bummer because it, it's really it's cathartic. It's almost like therapy when I start talking about uh, work stuff. So my ideal schedule would be one a week, but I think I've been doing something like one every two weeks, you know, at least once a month. Yeah, that schedule, it should it should get better. It should improve more. No, it's good. I, we get what you mean because we do this once a week and we do put, we've been putting them out now and it's a lot, you know, especially with East Coast, West Coast time in the in the mix. And then you, you add the guest in there and it becomes a, a whole thing, at least you know, with what you're doing, a lot of times you do just your own, correct? Yeah. Kind of chatting. Well, but yeah, but it's it's kind of not to bury myself even deeper, but like it's like it's just easy as easy as picking up the recorder and grabbing the microphone and just talking. 
Like I don't have a, you yeah. know, a big setup. There's no one I have to wait on. There's no time I can do it anywhere, anytime. Yeah. And, uh, what I used to, the reason why I used to be more frequent was because when I would travel on the weekends, the, the podcast gear was in my bag. So I'd show up to a hotel and if I wasn't super sleepy, I'd just turn it on, record a podcast, go to bed and then, that, you know, wake up, do the gig. And I had something on the memory, memory card to work on for uh, later. Maybe some of our listeners that haven't, aren't following, which you should definitely go out and follow. It's uh, my favorite DJ's podcast. Uh, what's some of the to the topics that, you know, you 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 cover, at least over the well, last my, couple of years? The, my, my uh, I guess my most recent favorite one was uh, I talked about details. Part of the reason why I came up with this concept for this management company, a DJ management company that's going to be launching, uh, hopefully by June, we'll have the website up. The developers are actually working on it now, was the fact that it three to five times a week, I speak to DJs and it's, you know, a very similar question. Like in the last two or three days, I've gotten two different questions via DM and I answer everything. I answer every DM and there's sometimes the questions are very intricate. And even if I don't know the person, I'll give them my phone number and say, call me and we'll talk. And I'll spend 45 minutes or an hour speaking to an individual and helping them out and guiding them as best I can with their specific question. Like, for example, I got a question from a DJ in Africa who was like, hey man, I got this, this um, venue that doesn't let me play at venue B. And venue B wants me to play. They play. They pay three times as much as venue A. I'm afraid I'm going to lose venue A if I play venue B. Other DJs play venue B. They don't let me do it. What should I do, right? And so, like, now I have to, you know, figure out the best course of action for this guy uh, who's entrusting me with the best piece of advice. And, you know, I, I give him the best advice that I can. And so part of what the agency is going to do is it's going to have a piece. The agency is going to be dedicated to guidance to coaching to uh getting people giving people that push that they need and the answers that they might be seeking so at some point in the future when someone messages me and goes hey what's the advice on this thing i'm going to say are you signed up to our agency and if they're not then i'm going to say i have no problem answering your question but we have to get you signed up and so that's a little bit of a teaser and a little tidbit i'm not going to give all the information on what's going to be like oh it's the whole thing but there's going to be <clears throat> that kind of access what was the original no, question? I love that. Oh, so the detail, the, yeah, my favorite podcast that, that I've put out recently, details. Because of these questions that come up so frequently, I put out a, a podcast that's maybe 45 minutes long on how to, how to dissect what you want from a very general and fleeting, almost, uh, you know, atmospheric idea. I want a headline. It's like, whoa, that's, that's a great thing <laughs> if you want to do that. So now, you know, specific specifics, right? Where do you want a headline? Major clubs. All right. Again, more specific. Uh, I want to headline a major club in Vegas. Okay. Which one? Well, I don't know. Whichever one will have me. No, no, no. You know, let's say, for example, if, if uh, you know, you have a DJ in Cincinnati, Ohio that wants to DJ a club in Vegas. It's like, okay, which one? Oh, I want to DJ at Daylight Pool. All right. Now you have a venue, right? That's good. Now you can draw. Now you have specifics where you can draw on the map from Cincinnati, Ohio, to Daylight Pool. There's a direct line, right? What does that path look like and how do you get from that point to that point? And then, you know, I'll ask another question like, what day do you want to work there? Oh, whatever day will happen. He's like, mm-mm, mm-mm, what day do you want to work there? <laughs> right? Different promoters, <laughs> right, right. different music, different <laughs> marketing teams, right? If you want Saturday, it's probably prime time. If you go for an off day Sunday, it might be slightly easier. It's like, all right, I want to play in Las Vegas at Daylight Pool on a Sunday. Now you have a specific and detailed target where you can start working backwards to the point you're at now from there to the point you want to get to. And that's why details are important, because if you don't dissect, bring down and boil it to the lowest common denominator, 
what you have is an idea. It's a dream. I want a headline. We have no path. <laughs> All right. But have yeah. you always been so detail oriented or is this something that you've learned and, 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 uh, you know, made yourself be more paying attention to, you know, as you've gotten older in, within your career? Yeah, definitely something that I specifically this, this idea of the details and like boiling it down and, and rendering to the lowest possible smallest idea is specifically because I have, I was answering the same question all the time from yeah. so many different people. Yeah. And so, so when I found myself giving the same answer over and over and over, I was like, wow, this is really like a common theme out there in the world that people don't have specifics baked into what they want to do. And so that was that specific piece earlier in my career. What I would do is do the best work that I could listen to other DJs and try to be better than them by so far that the bookers had no choice but to say, we need to have you back. So that, th that was my, my detail specifically was just be better than everyone else by so much that they will give you money. From there, I was, I guess, able to expand that idea to other things. It's like, okay, so then where do I want to work? What do I want to do? How much do I want to make? And then specificity came into play after I was already kind of established. I guess that's the best I can, I can give you on that one. Uh and a lot of this is in Miami, which is a super competitive market. And you're, you're seeing a lot of people come in and out. Are you going against the residents? Or are, you are you talking about the big headliners? You want to get even better than them? When I was coming up, there were no big headliners. So okay. 2004, 5, 6, it was just Miami. There wasn't a lot of traveling going on. There was some uh not even no not djs didn't start to visit till like 2007 or 8 from out of town here and whenever there was a there there wasn't a big act the, the big thing would be having a celebrity host so you would have eve come by and celebrity host you would have Ludacris perform at mansion you would have david banner come by and host or perform a song like there was no headlining djs that the EDM, edm thing hadn't happened yet and there wasn't a, a mixture of music to the point where you could have a a Daft Punk or whoever, you know, David Guetta was put out his first album in what, 2005? There was no one. No. So, so it was basically competition against whatever I heard. And it wasn't like on a personal level, like, oh, I'm going to be better than you. No, it was just, I want to push myself to be better than the things that I'm hearing locally. Um, and that is really what gave me an edge in the open marketplace once I got there. How do you feel now as, you know, where you're at in your career and how Miami is now and playing at a spot like an 11 or whatever, you know, do you feel that it's more competitive? Do you feel that you still have like an edge in, in certain, you know, rooms versus other guys? I don't know if this is a great question to ask because my, my answer is going to be a little dumpy. You know, the marketplace doesn't really care about talent, not just Miami, but just in general. No, you're right. So like, do I think I have an edge? maybe in brand recognition and name, but that's sometimes not enough to overcome the relationships that might be built on the back end. So I'm, I'm not a super personable individual. Like I'm not going to call people and be like, Hey man, how are you? And how you been? Oh yeah, dude. For, and I don't drink uh, when I work. So already I'm at a deficit when it comes to being, you know, a social individual. So the only thing that I do have still is uh, brand recognition, name, recognition and the fact that when I play music, I'm probably going to be top three ever that has played that venue. And, and, and that's obviously in my opinion, sounds a little braggadocious, but I'm being like completely honest. That's what I, you know, if, if I'm not top three, then I feel like I would be doing something wrong and I need to do something else. 
So that's just how I, I would like to think of it. But even that in itself is not enough to have people being like, oh yeah, like for a perfect example, a booker with a lot of booking power down here who oversees multiple uh, slots at, at different places. And he came up to me at the end of the night, uh, at the end of the night after I played, I opened and closed for an act. And he's like, you're probably the best open format DJ in the country. Told me that to my, he's like, don't let it get to your head. But it's like, I, and he goes, and I, just, I sent it and I was like, dude, you don't know how much that means to me. Thank you so much. He's like, I look, I even sent it in the owner chat and he shows me the phone. So he's like, sent it to all the owners and I go, wow, thank you so much. And, and I really needed that because in my mind, I was like, why am I not booked here and the other venues or the other slots that you have more frequently? It's like, I feel like I do really good work. Yeah, yeah. Why am I not there more often? And the fact that he told me, he's like, you're probably the best. Basically, everything just, I was like, okay, it doesn't matter because there's promoters and then there's other owners and then there's what new uh, ownership wants to do. And then there's the, the commitment to this. And then there's the early party to that and the after party to this and the artist that, that's coming in. And then the other thing, and then the 17 other people that have a say, it's some, some other thing. So like, to me that I needed that confidence boost because obviously, I mean, being an artist, as we all, sometimes we get like, do we still have it? Are we still there? Uh, but hearing that specific thing from this specific person was amazing for more than the, the, the ego boost. It was amazing because it was like, even being in this person's eyes, like really good. It's like, I, I have maybe once a month at the venues that he's got. Yeah. He's got multiple. Well, I got to ask who's number two and three, if you're number one. Oh, that's up to the market <laughs> side. I would <laughs> maybe I'm not number one, maybe on any given night, you know, um, for, you know what? I don't know. I feel I feel weird now having said that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I'm just messing around. Uh, you know, you got to have I the actually, confidence in yourself, around. though. Like you have to, to to be in this business. And if you don't, you know, stand behind what you're doing because you are your brand. And if you don't stand behind it, what is it? To, you know, what is it then? What do you have? You know, <clears throat> I I think it is everything you said about all the promoters and there's so many hands in the pot of who, you know, how are they bringing people and all this other stuff? And it really just throws out the window of, you know, who's, who is the best or who even fits the room the best. We almost need to bring it back to the very beginning of what you said and start having even ludicrous, just uh celebrity, you know, celebrity hosts. <laughs> I think, and then just put good DJs in rooms, you know, I think that would, that would change everything. That would be the move. I don't think we're going back. <laughs> yeah the more you know it's it's just changed and it's forever gonna be changed in you know terms of oh you bring people here cool i mean that's what it is that the idea of talent and having a good product has kind of like gone out the window some as long as the people are showing up if you look at like the island boys you know going viral and then they were like at live like the next weekend and they fucking were terrible but that just shows you like they they took advantage of your they saw the opportunity of we can take these guys and put them in here real quick and you know i i do love your creativity and uh, a lot of the stuff you played for a while there you were you were showcasing and giving out all of your your actual tricks on how you you were doing all your routines and everything. Is there any possibility you're going to bring that back? Was that successful oh, for you? Because it, it, uh, never, it never went away. Sorry to cut you off. It never went away. I have a Patreon. Okay. And so on my Patreon, I, I put up 
<clears throat> all the edits that I make. So uh, when I download music and I'm like, oh, I'm going to play this, I'm going to play that, I'm going to play this, I would make my edits, put them in my Serato, tag them, get them ready for the night. Now I add an extra step and put it on the Patreon. So everyone that wants to play the exact things, sometimes they, they probably get to play it before I do. Because if I get on at 1230 <laughs> at night, there might be DJs playing at 930, 10 o'clock somewhere else in the world where they download the edits and I haven't even played them yet. There, there might be people playing you know, the things that I make, which I, I don't put up uh, <clears throat> things that are like, then I wouldn't play. It's not like, oh, here's right. this song that just came out. Maybe it'll work. It's like, no, if it's on there, it's going to kill. Or it's it's got a place in my set at some point in time, which is why I take the work to put it in into an edit and basically tailoring for what I need. Um, what you're describing is something that I did whenever I have a routine, I basically will create the MP3 and set it up how I want it. And then I would put right. it on Patreon. Like, this is how I did it. This is this first piece. Drop the bass, bring up the volume, bring it over, hit this cue point, do this over there. And then you hit this other thing and then move over there. And I, and I basically... The best that I can describe it to you was that when I first started the Patreon, my idea was a uh, magic shop. When you go to a magic shop, you buy a card yes. trick, right? <laughs> so, like best so, analogy ever. It's so good. <laughs> you, get, you get a pack of cards and they say, this is how you do it. You fan them open. Yeah. Then you have to move your thumb up this way. And then the trick comes out and then bam, you're a magician, right? So yeah. it's the same thing. What I have is I got your pack of cards, which is two different MP3s. And it might not be a routine. It could be like, oh, I'm playing this song after this song because this has a break here. And then this is what I do. Drop the bass, bring up the volume, fade out slowly, hit the cue point, bam, and you're done. So it's basically I'm I'm giving magic tricks for people that want to practice magic, uh, but it's turntable stuff. That's so good. I think that's great. Uh, one of the other things we wanted to talk about, and you talked about it a little bit, is you know your 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 management company. Um, is there any other goals that you have with starting that uh, that you can talk about? Yeah. Without giving uh, away the farm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the there's the goal was to create something in the marketplace that people can get excited about. Uh, looking at the spectrum of existing uh, managements, there hasn't really been anything new uh, on a national scale that's been like, wow, look at that. That's amazing. Not, not to say not to take away from anything that's already existing. Everyone is making their money. Everyone's going through their, you know, regular things. And it's it's awesome. And a lot of people are working and it's working for them what they're doing. But there hasn't been that new thing. And you know, you mentioned part of the market right now is look at the island boys, Woo, the new thing, let's book them. When's the last thing the last time something new came up when it comes up to management, right? The last one I kind of, uh, I might have had a little bit of help building. And uh, it took a couple years, right? But this one, um, <clears throat> this one is something that is not just going to be like a booking agency. It's going to be something that's beneficial to all DJs. And the idea came when it, uh, in January, I got a cold DM from a venue. It's like, Hey, do you want to play our spot? And I go, yeah, of course. That's what I do. <laughs> let's, let's get this done. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> Sign the papers. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> and then they said, um, they said the gigs in August and this was January. So I go, well, do you have anything sooner? Because that's pretty far out. It's like, yeah, we have something, uh, in this month earlier on. And I looked and that was like the only time I was booked like in that month that they mentioned. And then I, I thought of my buddy, DJ Booza in Vegas. And I go, yo, Booza, I'm, I immediately text him. I'm like, yo, Booza, uh, this spot over here paying this much. Are you interested? He goes, yeah. I go, all right, hit up this person. I'm going to tell them that I'm going to uh, link up the, the, the whole thing. So I, I say, hey, I'm not available for that day, but can I recommend someone that I think will work really well? And then they go, yeah, of course. 
I send them Booza and they go, wow, this looks really good. Booza signs on, you know, gets his deposit. And now we both, we basically locked up the two dates that I opened for the whole year. And then I thought to myself, I'm not on a management company right now. I need a team because this happens frequently. And I need to be able to put in the people that I trust and that I know that if I vouch for them, because my, to me, my, my, um, my reputation in, in, in the marketplace is very important. As you guys know, it's a very small market. And if you fuck something yeah. up, you're going to be known as the guy that fucks something up. So what I want is when I present someone and I go, hey, I vouch, this is going to be good. It has to be flawless because I never want them to go, mm, yeah, it wasn't that good. Because now I'm dead in the water to those people. It's like, you know, I could tell them, oh, the red lights are good, but maybe you should try blue. And they'll be like, yeah, this guy has bad ideas all the time. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So to me. I needed a group of people that I trusted. And what I did is I basically handpicked the guys that I wanted to work with and they all signed up. Uh, immediately what I did is right off rip, you know, I can tell you this much too, is I, I, we basically brokered percentages for everybody. I said, regardless of what the company does moving forward, everyone's going to get this much, uh, you know, from merch sales, from, from signups, from subscriptions, from anything that this umbrella does, like company-wise, you guys, as long as you're part of it, you guys are getting this much revenue and that was not asked for by them. That's another thing that to me is kind of important. Like whenever I'm making a decision or we make a decision as a unit for specific things that might be in the future regarding money or equity or anything like that, I want it to be more of an addition than a subtraction for everyone involved. And I, I think that there aren't many management companies that might think that way because they are obviously looking after their lifeblood, which is money and not, not a knock on them at all because all businesses have to take care of their money because if not, they cease to exist. Right. But right. the beautiful part about this is the guys that I kind of picked had already enough things going on to where this is just an addition and a bonus and yeah. having built a specific uh, management company before and pushed one to the national spotlight to the point where it was like, wow, these guys are really doing it. I kind of know what it takes. I just want to compliment you on just being business savvy and, you know, forward thinking. Is this something you went to school for or just a lot of books? <laughs> I mean, I, I really like the way you're, you're, you, you're presenting a lot of this stuff. I'm impressed. Uh, I, well, I appreciate it. Thank you. No, man, I, I was a C student. I was a C student. And uh, when I found out that you could graduate high school with a 2.0, it was my goal to graduate high school with a 2.0. Because I thought to myself, you're telling me that I could get a 4.0 and do twice the work or, or graduate with a 2.0 and do half the work. It's like, what's my incentive here? Yeah. I, did, I never I never found, I, I was never incentivized by good grades or by reading. At this point in my life, it's a little bit, um, it's embarrassing to say this, but I might have read, read like one book cover to cover in my whole life. So uh, that's not to say I've read, that I haven't I've read a ton of movies. I said wow. I've read a ton of movies in my life. <laughs> I definitely have listened to a lot of audiobooks, and I like to educate myself on the, on the things that I find interesting. Uh, right. And, and there are a lot of books that I have, you know, skimmed through, read a couple pages here and there. But no, I, I think what you're describing is something that I've found throughout my life is I don't like expending energy unless it's going to give me a return. If, if the point is specifically in business, if the point is for a return, then what is the leanest way from point A to point B? There's other things in life for sure. Like there might be a, uh, you know, a weekend where I have the family and everyone can go to a thing and I have a gig and they're like, hey, you wanna work? And I'm gonna go, nah, I'm not working. I'm gonna go hang out with my family. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not always about the dollar, but when it is about the dollar, I find that streamlining and, and creating the, the least resistance is the the most beneficial because it creates the less the least amount of stress. It it presents the most amount of opportunity. And when you're like, you know, you're airy and you're fun and you're bright, people want to be around you and they want to work with you. Like for example, somebody canceled a gig on me like the week of recently, and I was like, no problem. I get it, man. Things happen. Uh, keep me in mind if if it comes back up. You know, if, if something changes, let me know. And this actually happened. You know, the week of, they're like, oh, promoters are taking over Friday. You don't have this anymore. I go, okay. Well, if anything changes, let me know. You know, in that moment, what I could have said, and this is something I described on the podcast as well, which is on Spotify and iTunes and everywhere you can get podcasts. Just search for my favorite DJ. Um, I could have told that that booker in that moment, I could have said, you know, buddy, you got a lot of nerve calling me on Monday, canceling my Friday gig. This is not good. I'm going to invoice and I want my check. Could have said that. Would I have been in my rights to say that? I think so. I, You know, especially something that I had on the books for a couple of weeks. I decided to not do that. And two weeks later, when the promoters dropped out, I got the first phone call. Yeah. So what did I do mm -hmm. in that moment? I traded that one Friday check for all the Friday checks I've been making since those promoters left. And I think <laughs> right, good. right. Yeah. Yeah. Wise I think words. It's good to yeah, yeah, I think it's good. Um, we have a we don't want to waste, you know, not waste, but we don't want to take too much of your time. Um, I would like to ask about do you do we have a little travel tip? I you traveled so much, and I was just wondering maybe you could give us a couple travel pointers. <clears throat> oh, I would love to. I, we have, I actually do we have a video fuse or no? You cut it. We do. It's an old video. It's a great one. All right, I'll play it. Here we go. I wanna fly away. Travel hacks. <laughs> just... <laughs> these, these, the, all the production budget is spent on these videos. If you can't tell, I that. love, I love that one. That was great. It was a nice swerve at me. the end. That was me singing. For, just for so you know, I, um, I thought it was Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> <laughs> i'm i've been traveling so i i did the opposite of you i started traveling during pandemic because i was forced into it and you stopped traveling but i know how much you were traveling and uh we do have guests on here that want to learn efficiency of traveling or just like any kind of tips and tricks that you might have you might have picked up over the time or just anything you want to you know bless the audience with i had an idea many years ago that I never followed through with. I would like to get your feedback on, you know, if you think it should be a project that I, I should follow through with, but it's a coffee table book, the size of a passport. Okay. And the front of it says tips for the traveling DJ. And it's spray painted on top of what looks like a passport. And inside it's basically like a coffee table book and not a lot of, you know, text, but every page would be like five or six different tips that are, you know, sp single lines. And I have that, I have a lot of it written down here somewhere in my computer. I just never really like pressed on it. And now that the market's kind of messed up, I don't even think it would be worth it. But uh, the only reason why I bring it up is because you said there's lots of people that are interested in travel tips. Mm -hmm. um, number one, always take the first flight out. Uh, it doesn't matter what you're, what you're doing or where you're going. I don't care. It's the first one. You know, I don't love particularly flying uh, at night. So what I'll do is I'll pick the first one like that's closest to sunrise. So 6 a.m., 7 a.m., 
Specifically, why? Well, because the first thing is, if you have status with the airline, just thinking from an egotistical spot here, you're probably more likely to get upgraded because less people are going to wake up, less people are going to make it, less people are going to be on that flight because it's such a pain in the butt to wake up at 5 a.m. for a 7 or wake up at 4.30 or earlier for a 6. Uh, second thing is weather is slightly better, at least in South Florida in the morning. It's not as hot. The atmospheric conditions aren't uh, what they are in the afternoon. We always get afternoon showers. So weather delays are less likely unless you have a storm system moving through. If you happen to run into some sort of a delay throughout the day or on that first flight, you have options. You can get anywhere in the United States in about five or six hours. But if it gets, if your flight at four o'clock from Miami to Vegas or to Los Angeles gets delayed to eight, you're probably missing your gig. But if you get on that 7 a.m. and you get delayed to noon, you're still making it. And there's been times where this, I guess this blends into the second tip. If you're waiting for a flight and it gets delayed for 15 minutes, no problem. And then that 15 turns into 30, turns into 45, turns into an hour, start asking questions. It's like, is this mechanical? If it's not weather related, you know, you should have weather apps on your phone and be able to see where you're going and where you're at. If it's not weather related and it's mechanical, then I would start immediately after about an hour, I start looking for the next flight out of that airport to the place I'm going to. And what I do is I might call and say, hey, I was on the 7 a.m. from Miami to Boston. It's delayed an hour for mechanical. Put me on the 9 a.m. Put me on the 1030 a.m. Because now I'm going to a whole different plane. And what I'm doing is I'm hedging my bet that the plane that I was going to be on might not take off in time or might have a, a, a maintenance issue that's going to take too long. So that's why the first flight out is the most important thing. Well, uh, something I want to add to that, and I 100% agree with you. It's uh, uh, words that I live by. But something I'll, that happened to me is I was flying out. Uh, say I'm, I'm in L.A. and we have about five airports and I was flying out of a smaller airport. And uh, I basically got screwed because they only had two flights out. So I've been flying out of the biggest the biggest airport just to any mechanical stuff I feel like gets fixed a lot faster as well. Well, yeah, yeah. you know, that's uh, being in South Florida, I have two, two options, Miami or Fort Lauderdale. For example, did you guys not see on the news how Fort Lauderdale Airport was like underwater a week ago or two weeks ago, something like that? Yeah. yeah. I was watching the weather that day. I was watching airplanes get basically turned away from the airport. I was like following and like watching the weather. I was like, damn, it must suck to be up there right now. And people were getting diverted to Fort Myers, uh, which is uh, 20 minutes on an airplane, but about two hours if you drive. No, And so those are the two tips. And if you want to hold tight on that passport, I would say like that passport idea, you know, in all honesty, that could be a fantastic stocking stuffer. And I'm being real. You know, if you like like finished it out, you know, you were talking about merch for my favorite DJ and you put that on there as like a little stocking stuffer. I, I really I think it would sell. That's not a bad idea. I'm, I should probably what I, you know what I need to do with that project. I need to delegate responsibility to somebody that like can do it and just give up a percentage and be like, hey, let's follow through. Here's the content. Here's the info. Figure out the pressing, figure out the printing, figure out X, Y, Z, and you can take half the money. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, one of the last things that we like to do is we call it the sauce. We're going to play this video and uh, it's kind of the final takeaway for the show. You know, any advice you'd tell your younger self, anything that you might have done different along the way, any plans for the future. So think about that. We'll run this and then we'll we'll get to it. Ah, the name is Bootsy, baby. And uh, this shout out goes out to Drew and Fee. 
all the way from Cincinnati to the LBC bobble. Yeah, I was told you guys are quite the chefs and you got a delicious sauce that you cooked up. Ooh, and it drips that swagoo and breaks down the recipe. Yeah, and you giving up the pee cause it's funky. As in good that is, finger funkin' good. On the one, by the power of the one. Yeah, without that, there is none. So get yours and be in tune with the one that loves you. Get it, baby. All right. There's Bootsy. That's he wants funky. to know the recipe. <laughs> so takeaways? Is that what we're doing? Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or advice I would tell my younger self? Either or oh. or both. Okay. All the anything that you, you got away from what Bootsy said. <laughs> I mean, I was I was hypnotized. He could have kept talking. The the cadence was incredible. <laughs> I didn't know when it was gonna stop and it just kept going. <laughs> And a little more, and I thought we were done, the but then going. <laughs> kind of the beauty about Bootsy. Not a not in a bad way at all. It was it was very hypnotic. Um, so uh, I don't know. I I, I think I want to be like super positive with it, but at the same time, I want to hedge. And and that's the theme for the the piece of advice. You can't make it far in the business that we're in if you're not like all into it. At the same time, you can't do this forever. It's not a way to make a life. It's a way to make a living. So you have to, at some point, once you've reached your 100% into this DJ stuff and you're doing the best that you can and you're putting in all the work, and once you have traction and once the train is out of the station and you're actually moving forward, at that time is when you actually have to start putting firewood away from that train's engine and into the other one, which is what happens after. Uh, and it's kind of a, it's a catch 22 and it's, it's a little difficult to understand, but the best way to explain it is a good way to make a living, but not a way to make a life. At some point that train gets to the station, whether you want it to or not, the marketplace will force you out or something happens and you will get pushed out. So the best thing for you to do is once that train is moving is say, okay, what else, what else can I do? What can I hedge? Where can I park some of my money? Should I buy an apartment? Should I invest in the stock market? Should I invest into my uncle's tire business? Does my family have something that I can put into? Don't don't just go all in and stay all in because that eventually your chips will be depleted. It sucks to say that and sucks to hear that because I put everything into the into this as I'm sure you guys have for a lot of years. But what you realize is that everything comes to an end. And maybe, you know what? I just I, I romantically attached to what we do because I love it so much. But this goes for any sort of thing that isn't a, a lifelong career like doctor or lawyer and even some of those, right? You can't do certain things that involve youth and contemporary art forever because at some point you're the old guy in the room. I, I, I agree with you and I want to disagree with you at the same time. Uh, I, 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 the reason why I want to just disagree just, just this, this much is because I feel like we're, we're on a, on a weird front one it's we're on a, 
a lot of DJs have never seen this age, right? We don't know. DJs never knew that you can make a real career out of this. And now we have DJs that are our age or who are still like actually forging a real career. So there's that. The second reason I want to disagree just a little bit is I don't know that the youngins are ever able to see, unless you do serious homework, that amount of music that's that w- our music knowledge. I just don't know that it's ever really capable. So I think as long as you're willing to still push forward and learn the ice spices and that that it works and be okay with it, that it's it's a it's just different. I think I, I think that we're still willing to put it into it. And even though people see age, it's it it, it doesn't mean everything if you're good. I'm not going to argue that point because I can't because I think that you do have a lot of a lot of strength with what you presented. I think that you are right in a lot of ways as well. I guess I was just maybe looking at it from like more of a, a binary, like black or white, like you're either on or off kind of thing. You're right. There's a lot of intangibles and unknowables specifically because the paths that we're forging haven't been forged before. I would say that if there's a possibility that the marketplace would spit you out at some point for an, you know any sort of reason, whether it be age, whether it be falling off, whether it be not understanding the ice spices, whether it be promoters get to call their shots more so and, and they get to place the music. If any of those possibilities exist, I still stand by my piece of advice, which is you should have some chips on the side. I 100% agree. I agree. I, that's why I said I didn't disagree. I was just saying with half of it, I think we're we're still forging a new a new era as far as like open format DJs and, you know, I was just talking with somebody recently and I think a lot of the open format DJs of our era loved every single piece of music. We love oldies, we love new, we love it doesn't matter, right? And a lot of the new up and coming DJs got their umph or their like inspiration from air hearts and twisting knobs right it was just like that edm era it wasn't the same love that we came from music right so just being able to know music in depth i think gives you a more of a longevity but always have your out and so i think everything you know that you're saying is true as well have your out counterpoint to to what you mentioned the the finger knobs uh, finger knobs, the finger knobs, and the turning hearts. <laughs> <laughs> finger knobs and turning hearts. Um, you know, yeah. The finger hearts and knob turners of today are, I would say, on the par of the backpack hip hoppers, kind of like what I followed in in the late '90s, right? Facts. Like, I didn't, I didn't hear Bon Jovi until I was in my early 20s. All, all of the funk music and all the stuff that I recognize now, I'm like, damn, that's good stuff. I didn't recognize it when I was younger, but eventually the beauty of art, and this is an example I use frequently, is you can have a print of the Mona Lisa in your house, but no one's going to pay admission to go see it. They go see the real shit in France, right? At the Louvre, yeah. which which I'm guessing it's it's there. Hopefully I'm not mistaken on it. It's that. there. I was but just they, there. Okay. Well, they, <laughs> you, pay, you pay admission to get into the museum to see the real thing because that real piece of art commands something to your subconscious. And it's like, Hey, look at me. And that's what the music that we enjoy now does as well. So the the finger hearts and knob turners are just the backpackers of our time. Eventually, if they stay in it for long enough, they're going to be like, we need to get the real shit. And I think we just got to give them enough time to find that. At the same time, I think you're right, because the advent of technology has decreased their necessity 
for perseverance. And when you're in a hustle, in a hustle like we are, like still to this day, right? With everything that I've done, with everything that I've accomplished, and I'm sure you guys are on the same boat. If I don't hit up a promoter and I'm like, yo, I'm free this day for next month. Can I get this Friday or Saturday? I'm not working. Like my phone is not off the hook because they think that I'm some kind of magician, you know, giving out magic tricks. Like, nah, man. <laughs> wait, wait, look at that callback. It's so good right there. <laughs> I love it. Uh, you know, I think with advancements in modern medicine and the way Botox is going, I'm going to stay looking this pretty for a long time. And I think same for both of you. So I think we, we got some longevity in this. But uh, I think it's important, as you said, to essentially just not have to be good at DJing. You have to 100% have to commit to it. Like you said, you have to be consumed by it. And once you get to that point, I think it's important, as you mentioned, to start putting eggs in other baskets because, you know, that's how you keep evolving as a person and your business and everything, you know? So I agree with a lot of that. This has been an, I loved this episode so much, dude. So much good stuff on it. You want to tell everybody where to follow you and where to look out for the up and coming um, management company and all that good stuff. And uh, so the social media platforms are all Instagram.com forward slash my favorite DJ, Twitter.com forward slash my favorite DJ, or just at my favorite DJ on those two. The, uh, the Patreon is Patreon.com forward slash my favorite DJ. So if you guys are interested in the music stuff, that's where that's at. The agency is myfavoritedj.agency. And the website's not up yet. It's in development. It's just we got a holding page there for now. And that's going to, again, launch sometime in June. And uh, anyone and everyone that's interested will have a place on the on the agency. Uh, and I'm very excited about that. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it, too. Yeah, I'm excited to see what you're bringing. I've always uh, enjoyed you and your DJing and all that. And yeah, we appreciate you taking the time to to be here and, and chat with us a little bit today. Thank you guys for having me. All right. Yeah. Until next time, that's going to wrap it up. We'll talk to you guys later. See ya.